everyone, this is Brian Austin Green. I am a uh, mediocre actor, and uh, and I'm here. I'm here with you uh, on the show. You're listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Delavan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, you know, I didn't give him a proper introduction last time he was on. We just started talking about the McDonald's um, fiasco on Netflix. But ladies and gentlemen, actor extraordinaire. He's also a singer, a rapper. He has an album out there. And people, I'm sure he probably doesn't want me to mention that, but he does got an album out. He's got a legit album out, not an underground album. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Austin Green. <laughs> What's thank up? you. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, we didn't. A, we didn't. You're right. We didn't have an intro last time. B, did you watch the McDonald's thing that I was telling you about? No, I no, still no, haven't no, watched no, it. What's wrong with you? You had nothing but time off. Why the fuck did you Because <laughs> I fucking went back to work, man. I fucking had to go back. You didn't go back to work as soon as we talked. That's true. You had a few weeks to, <laughs> like, you know, squeeze it in between fucking the you know, blooming onion and Cheetos. Like, no. <laughs> Yo, I'm, 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 fish, man. You should have done it. No, I'm gonna tell you. You know what's my vice? I don't know if you watched the show Ninety Day Fiance. Have you watched Ninety Day Fiance? No. Oh my god, it's a fucking, it's it's a train wreck, but it's a brilliant, brilliant train wreck, man. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. Like it's a. Either a guy or a girl, they meet a guy from another country, and then they meet up, and then, you know, they either fall in love, or they have these, you know, a lot of people, you could tell a lot of them are getting married, because they, they want to get their green card to come to America, but right. it's, it's, it's... Wait, and what's it called? Um, 90 Day Fiance. 90 Day Fiance. I thought you said 90 Day Beyonce. <laughs> like, 90 Day Beyonce? Yeah. Like, Beyonce, no? No, no. no Beyonce. Yeah. Okay, yep. Makes sense. Totally different show. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's a train wreck. You definitely got to check it out, man. Alright. Man, so tell me how you been, you know, how you been, because the last time we talked, we talked about the quarantine situation, we talked about yeah. the pandemic, wearing masks, I guess you guys are still yeah. wearing masks in LA, right? We're still we're still wearing masks. Um, I think everyone should still wear masks. I mean, the the pandemic is not over. It's we're at a place where the country is finally starting to slowly open up again. And you know, I think we need to do it responsibly. Like it, it's not it's not like hey, the pandemic's over and it's fucking back to business as usual. Like this is you know, this is this should be something that's done slowly, carefully. Um, because we don't want things to close again. Like I, you know, I, I understand the thing of like it's you want to you want to hole up in your house for a few months and uh, you know and it got crazy, but it can't stay like that. So it's it's got to slowly open up, and we have to be uh, we have to be thoughtful in doing it. We have to be like really conscientious of what it is we're doing and where we're going and who who we're going to be around and if we're going to go to a public place like a park and it's full of people like, yeah, you know, and you can't, you can't practice social distancing of six feet or more Then put on a fucking mask. Yep. And, and if you, if you can, if you're at a place where you don't have to do it, then enjoy not having to wear a mask, but don't, but don't be irresponsible, um, at the price of 
possibly somebody else yeah. you know, or, or yourself. That it's not, that's not worth it. Like you got, you know, it's, you, you got to think, uh, you got to be a little more proactive that way yeah. instead of reactive. Yeah. I know you said you gave the kids recently iPads because they were not into technology. Did you take the iPads away when school is over? School, well, school just ended today. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, I, we probably will. Um, they're talking now, though, about in fall the possibility of remote learning again for a little while longer. Really? Um, Oh, yeah, because they don't. They go to a private school. They don't go to a public school. Ah, uh, okay. And and public schools, they're you know they're talking about some different things like uh, kids will they'll still do remote learning, but they'll go to school every other day. So it sort of it keeps the school population cut in half. So you have like fifty percent on Monday, and then the other fifty on Tuesday. So they go back and forth, and then. Mm-hmm. That, that group that went in on Monday obviously would do remote learning on Tuesday while the other group came in and, and vice versa. So there's, I know they're kicking around some, some possibilities, but yeah, private schools are, they're, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a little tougher. They're, they're a little, they're, they're a little more uh, protective of, of kids. And so it's, it's a possibility. I hope not. I hope, I hope the kids get to go back to school. I think, I think there's a, there's a real social element for kids their age. And especially now, like, you know, having to stay at home, you, I, I kind of realized for, for myself, mm-hmm. A, the importance and the value of teachers, because it's <laughs> unbelievable what they do with like 20, you know, 20 kids in a classroom. Yeah. But you also figure out what's, what makes great teachers great is that uh, I think that for kids, like my son's ages, you know, uh, seven, six, and three, that uh, that school is, it's a social gathering for kids. So teachers figure out a way of teaching socially. They figure out how to include everyone and make it more of a game and make it more of a social, uh, a, a social activity for the kids during the day because, you know, kids aren't really into academics until, like, late into junior high and through high school if at all so it's sort of they it's it's really amazing what they do and you you realize the the social aspects to it you know it's my my kids don't it was it was fun for them the first like two days having ipad and seeing all their friends and all that stuff and doing zoom but then after that it's like hey you're back on zoom again and it's it's work all yeah. day and they you know and kids don't want to sit on computers and do work all day they want yeah. to have fun yeah and, and they, you, they're home they want to run around outside they want to you know they want chicken nuggets and, <laughs> you know, they, they want to watch so it's so it's a different it's it's hard to teach at home yeah and you know it's it, it's kind of a different aspect too because when you're in your surroundings where you're in your comfort zone where you're at home it's hard to like learn anything when you're not in your place of environment, you know, like if you, if you're somewhere else, like if you're in a library, it's easier to me, like to focus and learn than you are in your, your own house because you can get distracted well, yeah, by the because, TV. Because at a library, all you can do is read yeah. and learn. It's not yeah. like you can play there or watch TV there. It's the same thing for me with like going to the gym. I, you know, it's I know what to do, but when you're home by yourself, you're not as motivated. When I'm at a at a gym, it's the only fucking thing to do there mm-hmm. is to work out. 
Yeah. Or to walk around and pretend like you're working out. <laughs> and my, my trainer doesn't allow that. So, oh, all right. That, all you know, that, that's one of those, like, that ship sailed a long time ago. Okay, so you're not but, one of those guys that goes to the gym and does the selfie pose, like, oh, the abs are working it. They're killing it. Look at week, no, week five. No, no, no. <laughs> you see some yeah, cuts? I, no? I don't, uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't do. I don't work out for other people. I work out. I work out for me. I work out for my kids. I work out for my my own health. I don't work out, you know, for for my abs for some. <laughs> <laughs> that that shit sailed a long time ago. Um, I'm getting to like kind of a serious topic. Um, what's your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter? Because that's been everywhere. Like I think the first time. We're living in, like, a historic moment where all 50 states participated in, like, the protesting and all the stuff that's going on. How is that? I mean, you know, I see news about California. From your perspective, how is it over there and, and um, what's going on over there? It's, uh, first of all, my, my love and deepest condolences and respect to George Floyd's family. God, that was a... That was a horrifically tragic event. And there have been, there have been thousands of them, which mm -hmm. is really unfortunate. Yeah. Um... I, I've, I've sort of taken a view through all of this that, um, that, you know, so much is going on for Black Lives Matter, obviously, because that, that's what's been in the news recently. But I've, I've taken a stand myself of, of a much broader approach and, and much more a civil rights approach. Mm -hmm. And those civil rights crossing over to the... Uh, LGBTQ community and to women and to, I mean, there's, it, it's, it's sort of endless. And, and, and so that's, I, I think, I think this is given this, this whole movement and the Black Lives Matter stuff going on right now has really uh, given focus and energy again to, to that civil rights movement, which, uh, which hopefully from a tragedy like this will, it'll get enough attention that it'll continue to move forward. I mean, this is the fact that we're still dealing with this today, uh, you know, in 2020 is unbelievable to me. And, um, I just recently, I, I started, I'll send you one. I, I, I started, I made these hats. Uh, I printed up these smag hats. Yeah. I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. See that. So there, I just got them in. They're actually really nice fucking hats. So I'll send you, I'll send you one, but, um, oh, sweet. but all the proceeds are going to the ACLU okay. and the, and the idea is that it's like the stitching is purple. So it's, it's not politically driven. It's not, you know, it's not partisan in any way. Mm -hmm. It's honestly about like, listen, we need, you know, we need to talk and get some stuff going and, and get, get someone in that can really lead and, and, and make a difference and lead everyone, not just one political party or another. So that this someone make America great again, uh, hat idea was, is, is for that. That's what it, that's, that's the concept behind it. And it's crazy. All of like the backlash that I've been getting, especially on Instagram. I didn't realize that I had so many, uh, followers that were Trump supporters, which, <laughs> You know, it's, I don't, I literally, I, I do not, I do not want to make it a political, like, no, no, I know. conversation, because that's not, the way you uh, you know, I've got my own views and opinions, yeah. other people have their views and opinions, yeah. but I, I don't think I'm stating out of opinion the fact that when I turn on the news, any news, any channel, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, like, that this country is 
at a turning point. It's at a crossroads right now. And what I think people need more than anything right now is someone to take the country by the hand and lead them through this situation. And we do not, and we do not have that right now. And it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a party thing or a personal thing. It's, that's not an easy thing to do. I think, I think uh, Barack Obama was really good at that. Yeah. I think he was really inspirational. And I think, you know, I, I think he had the ability to speak to people in a way where they really wanted to listen because what he said, uh, it, it, it sparked change and growth and then and it made people think and it made people reconsider what it was they were doing or possibly consider you know doing something more and and that's that's an amazing thing and that's there aren't a lot of people that can do that and it's not i'm not just loving on him because he was a democratic president and you know and i i believe in a lot of democratic teachings and 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 all of that it was just as a person, he could have been a sen- he could have only been a senator. He could have been a governor. He could have been a mayor. I still would have listened to him because he was inspirational. You know, uh, Dr. King wasn't wasn't a politician. He wasn't a leader that way. But I still listened to him. Yeah. And 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 we, as a country, I think we need that. We need somebody to love everyone, love everyone, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. Like be bigger, be bigger than what is right in front of them. Um, take the high road. Yeah. Y- you know, it's it's a it's a much more difficult path, but yeah. it's it's an important one. Yeah. And I think this country really needs it right now. Yeah. I'm saying, but like everything that's happening now, I totally agree with you 100. percent But like now, I don't know if you notice things now, but like Netflix is having. Um, I guess like a, a Black Lives Matter section. Amazon is doing that as well. They're taking out um, Gone with the Wind. They're taking out films that weren't PC, necessarily PC back in the days. And I think um, Amazon's supposed to come, they're supposed to um, put back Gone with the Wind, but with a disclaimer, I guess a video talking about the past. Um, shows like the Dukes of Hazard, who are not like the racist people at all. They're taking out the, you know, they they taken they might I think they're taking them taking them off Amazon because of the General Lee flag and whatnot. So I'm I'm saying right. like now is like every, it's not like like certain things I agree with, certain things I'm not. It's like it's like every little things like if that's the case, you know, the Washington Redskins, the Atlanta Braves. Right. There's a lot of yeah. There's there's so much to change if that's, yeah. if that's the yeah if that's the path that we're gonna take. Yeah, like everything. But why not? Why yeah. not make it universal? Yeah, exactly. I you know what you're saying. You know, I'm I'm not discrediting Black Lives Matter whatsoever. I'm not. I'm just saying. But if you're gonna take a stance, there's the whole world needs to change. Like everything that you know, we everything is just culture for us. Like you know, we grew up in this way. We grew up watching the Dukes of Hazards and not realizing, oh, that flag has different purpose, like different different perceptions for different people. Like people look at the flags differently. When people see Gone with the Wind, you know, it, of course, you know, it's you know, I think when Hattie. Um, had, had any, I forgot her last name. When she won the Oscar, she was segregated. She was sitting sitting away from the whites at that time. You know, it was a different time, different era. But you know, a lot of like besides that, a, a lot of changes need to be made. Well, you know, even with the police and whatnot, everything needs to be changed. They, yeah, they they do. I I totally agree with you. But I think you know, I think change change is shocking for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of Bernie Sanders and yeah. and Elizabeth 
Warren and, and the changes that they wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, like, I agree with a lot of them, and I've, I've researched and read up on a lot of them, and I, I think they're really bold, really smart ideas for the future of this country. Do I... But the problem is, I don't necessarily feel like the country is ready for that yet. Yeah. And, and so, it's, you know, sometimes one little change here then becomes moves to the next thing and, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you start incorporating the Washington Redskins and you start like yeah. getting all those things but you can't make all those changes at once yeah. because then people start feeling like I don't even know where the fuck I'm living right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't even true. know what country this is. Yeah. Or what what planet this is. It's too much it becomes too much and you if you lose that sense of uh, familiarity like completely and yeah. instantly I think it's too shocking for people. I think I think you leave room for people to respond in really scared, negative ways compared to doing one change at a time where it's like, just get used to it, just fucking breathe, you'll be okay. Yeah. And then that change happens and people go, okay, I'm all right. Yeah. And then the next change comes and they're a little more open to it because the last one didn't hurt nearly as bad as they thought it would yeah um also um i'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story um um, well, um are you familiar with the actor hartley sawyer who's on the flash no okay well he said some derogatory racist tweets in 2010 and i guess um they found out about it and then now he just got fired from the flash and because of tweets Wait, that he the guy that played the flash no 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 i'm not not um grant gustin he's the guy that played um elongated man okay so um i'm not i'm not sure if you watch do you watch the flash or not necessarily no i okay. don't i don't really watch any television oh okay yeah, I, don't, I don't watch the flash okay oh well I, the only reason why i'm saying this because of what happened because i want to compare it to james gunn when james gunn got um taken out of guardians of the galaxy volume three and then he's back on is because he said some tweets that were not PC a long time ago, but the thing is, if a person says something 10 years ago or 5 years ago, doesn't mean necessarily they're going to be the same person they are today, but the thing is, is like, you like let's say for example, let's say you, I don't, like, I don't know, let's say, alright, we're going to put Brian on the show, but he says something in 2005 that was really fucked up, and you know what, I don't want him on the show because he said that, it's going to affect the show now because of what his views were back then, you know, like, right. now it's like, it's like the PC police, so like, even comedians, right. it, like, if you say a joke, a, a, a racist joke, a gay joke. Yeah, it, yeah, you better not because they'll, somebody will come after you. Yeah, yeah, so, like, what's, yeah. like, uh, 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 like, what's your take on that? Do you feel that <sighs> if you say something years ago that you should be reprimanded today of how you felt in 2005? Like, should it be considered? Um, I, I don't know, that's a tough, I mean, looking back on stuff that, like, like I remember when I did um, when I did fucking Playgirl when I was a kid, yeah. and I said something. I said something about uh, some German model, and I said that bitch is hot. And I like that's so fucking <laughs> insensitive and derogatory. Yeah. So it's it's insane that I said it. Yes, I was young, but it doesn't change the fact that it hurt. It possibly hurt somebody's feelings, and that's and. That's what I don't want to do now. So I think, I think the way you handle yourself after the fact is, is the most telling. I, I don't think that, you know, for people that don't expect you to ever make a mistake, they're, they're fucking insane. And you, can't, and you can't worry about those people. Yeah. Because those people are just looking for you to fuck up anyway. But the, 
people that that um, that allow you to make mistakes, and it's all about who you are after them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I think if somebody made a derogatory a year and a half, two years ago, that's kind of, that's a ra- like a racist statement is is t- is a little tougher because we're informed. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Not, it's not like two years ago, you know. We own slaves. Like, it wasn't, you know, it's not, he wasn't like his grandfather fucking two years ago. He was yeah. still him. So yeah. It, it, you know, at some point, like, you you knew when you were saying it that it, that it wasn't a fucking, a, a very complimentary or forward-thinking thing to say. Um, so, you know, people, people are, I mean, that's one of the problems with Twitter is that people are fucking are held accountable sometimes for what they say. And if they say some dumb shit, karma's a bitch, man. What goes around comes around. And that, you know, and that's whether it's two years later or 10 years later or karma, that's what karma does. Mm -hmm. It circles back around and we we don't have control over when or how, but it does. Mm -hmm. And, and so that I try and keep that in mind all the time like I you know I I choose to be on the right side of history yeah. that way so it's like you know what before I say something let me really think about what it is I'm saying or want to say and the idea that I want to get across yeah. before before I say it and not not in a way of like I want to think of the PC way of saying something but like you know I've um, since I've been talking more about politics and stuff on Instagram, it's it's really amazing. Again, how many like followers I have that are that are Trump supporters and that are really <laughs> insulted by what I'm saying, and they and so in return they say really insulting things, even though even though I don't say anything about their their politics or their president or like that's not I, I don't ever attack anybody, but yeah. you know they're they're in that space of they've been attacked for three plus years so they they're they're much more on guard and they have their walls up about it and but they say really fucking mean shit sometimes like really mean spirited things like to to do nothing but you know be like a knife and just stab you and twist the blade yeah um but in those situations like i really try and think of what is the response that I want? Like, do I want to get in a fight with this person and talk shit back and do that? Or do I, do I want to change that, the, the way that they think and feel and deal with something? And it's amazing. Like I've, you know, I've, I've said things back to people. I responded and said, that's, that's a really fucking rude thing to say. And I, you know, that's not, and I, I'm I'm all about freedom of speech and all of this, and I'm not judging your opinion. I'm just asking what it is and why it is because I'm curious and I want to know. And that's that to me is conversation. And you'd be surprised how many DMs I get after the fact from people who were really talking shit on my Instagram, like apologizing for it and saying you're right. And I removed all my posts and. And, you know, you and thank you for speaking to me the way you did, because it really forced me to to listen and, and learn and possibly change. It's I, I've gotten a really great response from it. And I think I think that's what happens when you when you feel like you can talk about something. And, I you know, I want. I don't want to politically I, I don't want to judge someone for their political views. I want to know 
what they are and why. Mm-hmm. No. That's the conversation. Like, what you know, okay, so, you know, I get, I get, uh, I, I get messages on Instagram all the time that are like, you know, uh, th- this country is great and Trump's awesome. And it's like, okay, well then what? Cause, because I'm, all I have to do is turn on the news, any news, Fox News, CNN, and see that this country is not in a fucking great place right now. So why do you think that? Mm-hmm. Is it because you're just being defensive of your president or because you honestly believe that the world is great? So let's, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, if you think the world is great, tell me, tell me why. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm not here to judge you for it. I don't... I, I don't want to be combative with people because that doesn't, I, I don't think you really, it doesn't get you anywhere. You don't accomplish anything with yeah. that. Yeah, it doesn't solve anything. And the thing is, is like when you're arguing with someone who definitely has a strong stance on something, somebody who's passionate in what they believe in, like they'll they'll they'll, they'll be vid- like you said, like you was attacked on your own um, Instagram for people who yeah. you know for you wearing a hat that you you did yourself. Like you know, people are attacking right. you. You like well, yeah, with, with <laughs> fucking proceeds being donated. Like it's not a money making thing. For I me. Know. Like it's a you know, this is a hat that that creates conversation and change and awareness and hopefully gets people to talk and the proceeds go to the ACLU, which is, it's, you know, that, that organization is all about civil liberties and rights. Like that's, that's what it's for. That's what, that's the reason it was created. Yeah. That's the so thing. It's, yeah. If, if somebody was doing me, the same, I don't know how yeah. that's not pos- how that can't be looked at as positive from anyone. It's, I mean, the right, you know, the lettering's purple. It's on a gray hat. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not politically motivated at all. Like it's not partisan at all. It's a gray hat with yeah. purple writing on. It. I know, and it's not like the money is going to the Brian Austin Green Fund. It's not like it's going yeah, to you at all. You know what I'm saying? Fund. It's, like, <laughs> it's going to. It's it all. Literally, all I'm doing is I'm using the money that people pay for them to to make more hats, yeah. and then. Like proceeds that I make on top of that go to you know are donated straight to uh, the ACLU, and that's I, I that's I just can't I can't see I can't see the harm in that. And if somebody can, please reach out and tell me because I don't I don't see what possibly can be seen wrong in that situation. Yeah, like like trying to promote talk and change in a time when I feel like we. We need it. Yeah. We need it the most. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... Those, yeah. This is what... This is... To me, this, these are the times that make America great. Mm-hmm. The fact that we, as a nation and as um, as a society and as, as, um, as you know, American citizens, that, that we can go through something like this and we can talk about it and we can we can connect because of it it doesn't make any sense for me when something like this pushes people further apart it's nobody fucking agreed with anyone looting or rioting or doing any of that shit nobody did the, the only ones that agreed with it were the people that were fucking doing it mm-hmm, yeah. so it's not it wasn't a partisan thing it wasn't like you know Democrats were saying, hey, go steal TVs, yeah. you know, and break windows. Nobody wanted it. And the, the protesters that were peaceful protesters, like, they made that known. They would, they would protest and they would, you know, hold their hands up and they would, they would sit and they would be really respectful and, and they were respected in return. And there were some great 
things that, that came out of that. And then there were some things that weren't so great that came out of it. I mean, you, you know, when when you have the situation with, with an 85-year-old man and, and that whole thing, you get caught on camera, it, that's that's one of those moments where you stop and you go, man, this, this country, like, really needs more than a fucking Band-Aid for this situation. Like, this needs to be rethought and re retooled you know because this it what what we have now isn't working yeah and it hasn't worked for a while yeah and like i noticed like i don't know even even when trump became president it was and i noticed like more of a racial divide in this country more than anything in this world especially like you know i you know it wasn't it wasn't that he was speaking. He was speaking to everybody, but he was speaking to a certain core of people that felt like they were being treated unfairly, who who wanted to like lash out and they'd be like, "Yeah, Trump, you're right. You're absolutely right. I feel oppressed. I feel this way, and you know, I want my country back." And I and, and like little hints in the messages where he says, "This is our country," is almost like leaving out the immigrants that discovered this country. So it's like, right. it's a lot of. You know, it, it's very, he's very polarizing in that aspect of it, yeah. you know? I think, I think that's a really slippery slope. Like, I, to me, the best politicians are the ones, uh, are, are sort of like the best journalists. Like, they're not opinionated yeah. in things. It's not about their opinion. It's about the facts of what can help a, a broader group of people. Yes. And when you become opinionated and that opinionate that opinion serves a certain side and right. certain people, then they start latching onto it and then all of a sudden you've got this group of people that's like, Yeah, we love this guy, you know, he's he he's different, he's got balls and it's like, Well, why? Like what I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean he has balls? What is, what this country's in fucking shambles right now. I don't mm-hmm. like who gives a shit about balls? <laughs> who cares? Who, that fucking means nothing to me. That's yes. like saying, you know, he, it's like telling me that he likes uh, A1 on his fucking hamburger. It's like, I don't give a shit. That doesn't fucking matter to me. He's, you know, if it's, oh, if it's a politician or a president, like that's, I, act, you know, be presidential. Don't just fucking act like it. Don't just hold your head up and take presidential pictures. Yeah. Act like a president. Like it's, yeah. it, you know, that the whole... I've been thinking about this recently. The whole, um, the whole push of like, oh, we don't want a politician. We we didn't want a politician as a president. We wanted somebody that was not a politician and you know looked out for people. And I, so, I I understand that argument, mm-hmm. but I don't think you can have somebody be president that wasn't at some point a politician because. To me, what makes a good president is somebody that can do both. Yeah. That can be a politician, but can also be a normal person and can relate to people and and have empathy for people yeah. and compassion for situations and handle things with you know with a soft hand and and like that is that to me is the core of what makes somebody really fucking great and somebody that I want to follow. I want to follow somebody that I think is awesome. I don't want to blindly follow somebody that I feel I'm a fucking better person then I mm-hmm. like that's that that's so that's like jumbo shrimp that doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> sour sauce that just doesn't compute like it tastes great but it doesn't make any sense <laughs> like, I never heard somebody use jumbo shrimp in that analogy I'm yeah. like what <laughs> but, it, but yeah but seriously if you think about yeah. it it just doesn't make any like 
Those two <laughs> words, not actual fucking trip. Those two words together doesn't make any sense. Yep. <laughs> it's it, it's sweet and sour sauce doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense as far as like the words. Yeah. As far as the sauce, you go, yeah, it's a good sauce. <laughs> <laughs> But it still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. A lot of things don't make any sense. Yeah, I know. It's like, I know the word, like, it, it's so weird because even back in the days, I think Trump was pretty much well-liked when he was in The Apprentice, when he came out on Howard Stern talking about women's, doing the Miss America, I mean, the Miss, Miss Universe pageants on NBC, or I forgot what, it's, what station it was. It's different, though. Yeah. It's different, though, when somebody is a celebrity yep. and somebody is the president. Yeah. When somebody is a celebrity, they're followed by their fans and that's it. When you're the president, you're followed by the country. Yeah. You, have a, you have a whole fucking country of people that are checking every tweet that you post and every picture. Mm -hmm. and they're they're fact-checking everything you say and that's that's the political side of it is you can't... You can't... To me, he can't expect to not have problems with another party when he says and does the things that he does. Like, if you if you don't want to make waves and ruffle feathers, then fucking stop. Yeah. But don't but do not do it and then complain about it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sick of everyone, you know, not taking my side. It's like, but you keep talking shit and creating a situation where people can't take your side. Mm -hmm. Like, just sit. Sit in the Oval Office, shut the fuck up. <laughs> And and do and do some like and, and you know use your use what you have for good. Yeah. Uh, you know you only have four years, possibly eight. Yep. Fucking use what you have for good. Yeah. Um. Not for yourself. Uh, like it's it's that historical thing. It's like how do you how do you want to be viewed? I mean, mm -hmm. he, you know, he's he's already got three and a half years of of really shitty stories yeah. so it's like you can either turn it around right now or you can stay the course that you're on but the course you're on historically is not yeah. is not gonna serve you well yeah. do you see it's him not, it's not gonna be one that your kids look at and they go hey the trump name was really served well yeah. do you see him being president again who fucking knows yeah. who knows yeah it i i hope not not personally, but because I honestly feel like we need a, more of a leader in this situation, and I don't think Trump is it. Yeah. Um, not, I don't think. I, from what I've seen, so from what I know, Trump is not it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is he going to be reelected? Who fucking knows? Yeah. I, I really hope we get somebody in, in that office that can do that job yeah. um, for everyone. But, it, you know, if if that doesn't happen, then then it is what it is. Uh, I, I can't. I have to live and survive in it, man. I got I have kids and yeah. I've got, you know, I've got I got stuff to do. Yeah. 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 It's just yeah, it's just it's just crazy, man. Like cause when you turn on the news or you're watching anything, that's all that comes up. Like people who are not even into politics are into politics because they want to know what's going on and especially with the whole coronavirus pandemic like you know politics was a main focus of what was happening in this country and especially globally around the world because this happened worldwide you know and you know i, I said it before i said it on, even on my facebook and instagram we're we're all 
living moments and historic events. Even NASCAR. NASCAR took down their flag because of the one black right. driver who said, you know, I feel the Confederate flag, you know, like, and he's, I think he's the only black driver in NASCAR. I forget his name, and that's a discredit to me, but um, the NASCAR took down their flag now. And I think one NASCAR How driver... do you not yeah. know every black <laughs> athlete and actor and activist <laughs> by name and person? Oh. I am so offended. <laughs> community should be offended also That's right really fucking right funny. put that on twitter like oh boy you know here we go you know <laughs> so um, i'll be i'll be infamous now instead of famous but yeah you know yeah. <laughs> but yeah but you know nascar actually after all those years they took a stand and took down the confederate flag so it's just yeah. i think one driver quit also because they took down the flag and then batista dave batista tweeted him tweeted nascar and him said put me there and you know, i'll get a car for rupaul's drag race or something like that like i'll it'll do yeah. something like that you know but yeah it's 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 crazy how it's a domino effect on everything especially now people are seeing why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling. It wasn't a discredit yeah. to the American flag. It was because of the injustices that were done. Right. So people are starting to yeah, understand it. Yeah. It's I've really this year come into a place of like, you know what? I'm not afraid to like rattle the cages a little bit. I'm not afraid yeah. that that to do things that people may not like. I, you know, I'm not afraid to have discussions on Instagram if it means that my Trump followers stop following me. That doesn't, that, that's, that's a shame because I, I feel like everybody can be served by fucking talking right now, yeah. communicating and listening. But, but, you know, you have to at some point take that stand. And, and that's, and, and that is, and you know, what, what Colin did was, was really amazing. And he started, he started a movement and it was, he, he intentionally wanted to start it, but it wasn't the right time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I, I hope that now is. And, yeah. and you know, and he, he, he took a fucking knee and he, he took criticism and he, you know, he's, he's gone through shit with the NFL and the yeah. blacklisting stuff and, and all of that. And for so long felt like, I don't, what did I accomplish? I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know him. Yeah. Um, but I would assume that he would have those days where he's like, "What the fuck did I accomplish by doing by doing this?" Yeah. This is what he accomplished. Yeah. And it's a big fucking thing. And kudos to him for, um, for sticking to it, for for doing it in the first place, and then sticking to it, and and being true to himself, no matter what it cost him. Yeah. Um, because it was really. What what he did is really um, is really an honorable thing. Yeah, and he like he really he really really put himself out there above and beyond what most people do, and and didn't even do it for himself. He did it for um, he, for his community, and he did it for you know he did it for uh, for people all, all over the world that that aren't that aren't handled in a in a responsible i mean they're not even following the constitution half the time out it's it's unbelievable that this, this idea that there are two different constitutions there's the one with all the civil amendments and then there's and it's like okay well let's let's sit down and rethink it and make one fucking constitution that everyone follows and all, every, everything is within that all civil rights all like it's all 
you can read the one fucking book and it's all right there. And we don't we don't seem to have that right now, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like how everything is going going about in this country, in this nation, this world. Um, I never realized, like you know, I, I you know, I live in my own bubble and whatnot. I go to work and you know, I do a podcast and you know, I read up on entertainment and whatnot. But it's like, you know, I I come from. Like we talked before, I talked. I lived in New York City and living in the Midwest in Wisconsin, and very kind of rural area, you know. And yeah, it's just you know, it's a, it's so a. You've seen it all. Yeah, I've seen it all. Yes, and it's a. Yeah. It's a different mindset with people in the Midwest because they haven't really been exposed to a lot of culture because there's not much culture to go around, especially in farmland and country area. Right. So it's, it's, it's... I was actually saying on my podcast recently, I was like, you know what, I think it's a silly idea, but I think that that traveling broadens the mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people to see what is outside of their own state and, mm-hmm. and what they've grown up with is invaluable because then they start living and and living in somebody else's reality and Mm -hmm. right now you know that's that's the divide is that that people that haven't traveled or experienced anything else that their reality is literally all they see so it starts becoming about well this sucks for me like how how do i fucking change this for me Mm. and you know, like in traveling and experiencing different people and different cultures, you start realizing like, oh, well, it's, it might be better for me if this is done, but it's actually better for everyone if it's done this way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a different, it's a different mind mindset. It's, it's definitely not as selfish as, as it is right now. And it's, I, I don't, I don't say selfish to, um, to like insult or pick on people, but it's a very... It that that mindset can and can be viewed as, as selfish, and it's it, it is what it is, and I understand it. But you know, it's when you talk about a president or or an, or an administration that works for the people. Yeah. The there's a lot of fucking people in this country. There's a lot of cultures. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of everything. So figure out what what the people need and that that should be your concern not what you know this state full of people needs or this certain section because that's not that's not the country that's not the the country is much broader than that and like you said it was built it was really built on the backs of of immigrants and they they played a huge part in in what this country is and stands for and um I think that just needs to be taken into consideration in a much deeper way. And, you know, that's that's through history. I mean, I, like, I remember when I was a kid taking history class, and they teach you the dates of, you know, certain civil things that happened, but they, they don't ever talk to you, the books never talk to you about why or what was going on. Yeah. And and so you don't really learn, You you learn dates. And, and, and situations and it's more like you're you're learn you're just sort of learning this you're learning the cliff notes version of of things and uh, you know I think it's important and this generation I think is much better than my generation at looking deeper into things and going okay well you know th- this 
uh, this march happened on this date, but why? Like, what was it about? What was going on in the country at that point? Why, you know, why, why did it happen? Why, why when Harriet Tubman chose to not sit at the, you know, or Rosa Parks did chose to not sit at the back of the bus and instead sat at the front, like, why was that such a big deal yeah. at, at, at that point in history? And when you learn, then you start going, well, shit, that totally makes sense. It wasn't about where she sat on the bus at all. Mm-hmm. Like that was that you know that that was just a uh, that that was like a, a a thumb shot of of what it was like that was that was just the picture that you put on the stamp you know that's not that's not the whole story um, so you know learning about the Underground Railroad and then Rosa Parks and all the the history of of what this country has been through and why it has been through what it has then then gives you a reason like to, to think I, we need to move forward. We can't, we can't stay in this because it's really fucking archaic. Like if you look at the, the reasons that these things happen, that like, that's, of course it's not fucking suitable for, you know, you, I, I, I buy like, you know, free range chicken now because I don't want animals fucking harmed. Mm. And why, why do I not feel that way about, about everyone that lives on the planet. Like why, you know, why, why are some people so concerned about that and then not concerned about the other? It's, 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 it's a little backwards yeah. right now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how like, you know, like learning things, especially I think, you know, when you're in school, you're taught American history, you're taught about the history of the world of what happens. But when you explore your own history and, you know, you research your own things and research things that you're not taught about, there's a whole multitude of things that happen in this world that we're all shocked by besides, yeah. you know, slavery, the Holocaust. Um, I can go on and on and say all these things, but, you know, this world has come from like depression, oppression, um, slavery. Um, this... but, but the thing that has promoted continuous change and growth or is supposed to is knowledge. Yeah. And knowledge. if we don't, if we don't teach people like this is where we came from, this is why it's not okay. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't just a bunch of people saying this isn't okay and changing rules. It mm-hmm. was fucking why it wasn't okay. Yeah. And for people to see that and go, and realize, like, yeah, that wasn't fucking okay. And you know what? I need to continue to fight to make sure that that never happens again. Mm-hmm. But until until you know that side, you don't. For people knowing, you know, not completely knowing about the the Holocaust and 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 Hitler and that and the the Nazi Party and all of that, you're you're missing out on a huge, the most to me the most important piece of what that was all about and why something like that can never happen again. Yeah. Um, not because, not because you see images and you go, God, that looks terrible. Or you hear little stories and you go, fuck, that's a really shocking story. But it's like the actual story, you, you know, told by, told by people that were there and, and historians and people that have studied it. It's, it's a long in-depth story. And that's, and, and it's not until you learn that, that you, that you connect more with the humanity of, of a situation and go, you know what, that's not that, that level of, uh, of torture and oppression and all of that. That's, that's completely unacceptable and should never happen again. Yeah, it definitely should never happen again. You're right. And, yeah. you know, you know, as a, as a world, as a country, we're always evolving and we're going to continue to evolve. I'm sure this is not going to be the last of, 
of things that are happening in the world is all about changes. And, you know, this is one for the history books. This is one that, you know, yeah. kids, our generation, you know, our, our, our kids will definitely know about, you know, especially for your kids, Bodie, Journey, Cassius, Noah, they're all going to read about this and they're living through this now. And yeah. they, they're like, holy. Well, and it becomes, that becomes, the, that's my point exactly. Like, what side of history do you want to be on? Yeah. You know, I want my kids to be able to look back and go, you know what? Like, this went on. And I remember my dad printed up hats and, like, was, uh, you know, was, like, really talking to people about it, trying to connect people and was really active that way. That's the side of history that I would rather be on than, than for my kids to look back on it and go, God, that was really, I can't believe that happened. You know, oh, what, what was your dad doing? Golfing. <laughs> like, you know, he, was, yeah. he was gardening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not really the side of history that, uh, that I want to be on. Yeah. And, you know, I've got this stupid platform, whatever size platform it is. So I, I want to reach out to people as much as possible. Um, not because I, I feel like, you know, I have some sort of opinion that everybody needs to follow and listen to. I don't, I don't want to be a leader that way. I, I want, I want to help people understand each other and connect with each other and, and, and tell their story and do that. And so that's, that's all I'm promoting continually with people is like, is asking questions. Why, how, what do you mean? You know, what, how do you feel? Why, why are you saying the things you're saying? Like what to get to force people to continue to talk about it? Because I think, I think that's the first step. You know, these, I, um, post something today on on instagram saying you know i'm like i'm all for discussion i, I think those are awesome mm -hmm. um and opinions move to canada is not a fucking discussion <laughs> that's not that that's not and if that's all you're posting or you know this this fucking country is great if you don't love it move to canada that's not a discussion that's not an opinion mm -hmm. that's you trying to state a fact about what you think somebody should do instead of like, Hey, let's continue to talk about it. You know, it, it, so it's that, it's that sort of my way or the highway mentality that I, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of it from other people and I'm not a huge fan of it from myself. Yeah. And, and when I ever do it and somebody calls me on it and they're like, Hey, you, you know, I don't feel like you're listening right now. That's, I, I, definitely fucking pause because I, I want to, I want to listen and I don't want someone to feel like I'm just being opinionated over them and that they are somehow their opinions are insignificant or don't, or don't matter or don't mean as much to me because that's not, that's not the truth. That's not the, the way that I want to live right now. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone has to take that stance at some point. Like, it, you know, get out of your own fucking way and mm -hmm. listen. Don't just hear people. Like, really listen to people. Re like, really put, have your opinions, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to fucking prove your opinion to people. Like, just really listen. And, and then take what you will from what somebody says. If you take nothing from it, so be it. But if you take one thing from it, that's one thing that you didn't fucking have and you wouldn't have had if you didn't listen. All right. So just take the time to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not 
asking people to change the world. And it's, I think just that kind of act from people could create a, a new form of, um, uh, a new form of communication and, uh, and could be a catalyst for change. Like it could, it could be a really big step towards change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and everyone's talked about it. You know, Dr. King figured out how to speak to people in a way that it wasn't judgmental. It wasn't confrontational. It was, he connected with people. He wasn't a politician. He was, you know, he didn't have, he, he created the space that he owned because he commanded respect. He didn't demand it. Yeah. He didn't stand in front of people and say, you either are going to follow me or, you know, you're going to burn in hell. Like he was, he was motivational enough that, pe- that he forced people to think and to talk and, uh, and did it because that's what he did. And so people went, okay, well, I, like, I want to listen to him and watch and see what he does. And I want to do the same thing. Yeah. And that's and that's what kept that ball rolling, and that's why that's one of the reasons why to me he was so important and so valuable. Is that's what that's what he offered. He was he was he was peaceful in the fact that his opinions didn't make him want to hurt somebody that didn't share the same opinion. It 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 made him want to understand someone's opinion and then give his and. He was sort of like, take from it what you will. But he, he said that he really researched and asked questions and, you know, he didn't speak uh, blindly or ignorantly. Like he was, he was very well versed on what it was that he, that he talked about and, and what he shared in the movement that he was trying to create. Yeah. And it's true. And the thing is, you know, we're influenced by a lot of different cultures. You know, you was influenced by hip hop yourself. You know, you was influenced with uh, the, yeah. the music that you hear. You know, yeah, um, I didn't have a choice. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was my fucking time period. Like, I was, I grew up in the in the nineties. Like that, you know, I was born in seventy three. But like, I had the biggest change in my life that gro- that real growing up period, late eighties through the nineties. Mm-hmm. And so that and and that was. That was my generation was hip hop and was that I mean that was that crossed over into everything. It, that was that was as pop as you could get all of a sudden hip hop. You know, it went from being this like underground thing to it uh, it ruled the world at that time. Yeah. And and it crossed over into everything. Everybody was rapping or putting like that was <laughs> yeah, that just sure. was what it was. Yeah. Everybody was wearing baggy clothes and <laughs> yeah. backward shit and bright colored, like, you know, horrible horrible like fucking reds and yellows and greens and all you know not not neutral colors like yeah. as <laughs> like as ridiculous as possible like well, I'm I'm going to wear you know I'm going to wear these colors that are um obnoxious to see yeah um but speak- people people loved it and they did it oh speaking of I don't want to go off topic too much but oh. you said something earlier about the bubble that you live in yeah and that's and that's a comment that I've gotten recently from people like oh you know you live in the hollywood bubble oh okay and i don't i don't completely understand what that means like i i live in los angeles yes hollywood is here Mm -hmm. but but it's not i'm not in like what state do you live in does that mean that you live in that bubble Uh. or are you 
it's it's that weird like you know okay it's not you know you you live this way and have these certain friends so you're in some sort of a bubble but i you know i'm in mississippi so i'm not in a bubble it's like you're absolute you're in way more of a fucking bubble than i am yeah because you you don't you don't even travel you literally have not experienced anything outside of your block in your fucking town. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't understand what Hollywood bubble means. Like, is that is that just a bubble of like award shows? Like, yeah. what? I don't. Yeah. Well, well the strange. Yeah. Well, well they, strange, have, uh, they have they have they have the misconception that you're privileged because you're in Hollywood, so you live in a Hollywood bubble. That's what they're trying to say, or something like that to you. Like, oh, you're from Hollywood, so you shouldn't. You like you don't know what struggle is or whatever, right? Are they trying to be condescending yeah, but, like but that? I don't. But but. I don't understand, like, for anybody that's been here, 99% of the people in restaurants that bring me food are actors. They want to be actors. They don't want to be working in those fucking restaurants doing that. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not, I'm not privileged. I, I've i worked really fucking hard. I've worked since I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm lucky to be doing the same way that somebody grew up loving writing becomes a fucking journalist. They're not privileged now because mm-hmm. they have a job at a, at a publication. Yeah. They worked their way up to having a job at a publication. I worked my way up to having the jobs that I do and, yeah. and you know, and, and making the money that I do and having the lifestyle that I do. Nothing's been handed to me. Yeah. It's not like... Anybody that comes to California, they get a fucking actor card, and <laughs> automatically it's like, hey, what do you want to do? I know. You know, you name the movie, and we'll make it. It doesn't doesn't fucking work that way. Anybody that lives here and is in the same profession that I am will tell you it's not that easy. Yeah, and the thing is, you've been doing it since you was a freaking kid, since Dots Landing. You've been doing it like, yeah. you know, you, you, you know I, I don't want to classify it, but could, do you classify yourself as the child actor who just is an actor I, now, you know? I, I was. I, mean, yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I was I was an actor when I was a kid. I got yeah. I was in the Screen Actors Guild when I was nine. I've been in the Screen <laughs> Actors Guild longer than than Megan has been alive. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's right. Because she yeah, that's yeah. right. Because you was together when she, when she was younger. That's right. That's right. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I at nine when I was in that's drag, right. she wasn't even born yet. <laughs> God, that sounds so bad to say now, but like... <laughs> it does, but it's, but it's the truth. Yep. So it's not, you know, how anybody can say like like anything was handed to me or the Hollywood bubble. It's like I, I bust my ass to get jobs and to do shit. Like I don't, it, you know, I'm not... I'm not fucking living it up. Like I, yeah. it's, I'm not following anybody. I, like I'm... It, it, it's every, you know... I, I have some people that, that are like, you know, well, you're an out-of-work actor. It's like, well, isn't that sort of, it, isn't that what actors are when they're between projects? Like, isn't Tom Cruise an out-of-work actor between fucking work, between movies? I, that's, yeah. that's sort of how it works. We don't have nine-to-five jobs, so I don't understand out-of-work. Uh, like, that's that's a weird insult and sort of comment because it doesn't really apply to that's like saying you know well if a painter's not painting he's out of work it's like no he's between paintings yeah an actor's fucking between projects like somebody you know i've i've worked pretty consistently since i was nine yeah i've done all sorts of shit i've been on 
ton of fucking shows as a regular, as as a guest star. Like I've, I, I think up until um, up until my neurological shit, I the most time I ever had off was like a month. Wow. At the most, and that was from nine until uh, until that. So that was so. Out of work, I don't even understand what that fucking means. Out yeah. of work for who? Because I wasn't. I wasn't out of work. I was working. Yeah. I was. I was working at getting a new job, until I got a new job. So I out of work, out of work insinuates that I was sitting around going binge watching fucking shows and not doing anything. And that's. <laughs> I've never been that. Yeah. Ever. I'm not even that with the fucking pandemic. Like I'm not. You know. I'm not binge watching shows now. <laughs> So out of, out of work to me it just doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. sort of it's it's an odd comment. Yeah. So anyway, enough of my rant. Yeah. On Hollywood no, 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 it's all right. Um, you know, um, speaking about Megan, um, how did like you said, you know, she wasn't even born yet. Like, like um, I don't know the story. How did you guys meet? And then you knew she was like young, like that. Like, oh shit! Like, you know, am I rocking the cradle? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. So I was doing um. I was getting ready to do a show out here in Los Angeles, and she was working on this show, Hope and Faith, in New York, which was oh. Kelly Ripa and Faith Ford's show. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so, so old. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So she, she was on that, and uh, my agent got a call from them saying, hey, you know, does he want to come do an episode? And I played myself on, on the show. It was, a, it was like a whole dream episode, and yeah. it was sort of a, you know, or it was a past episode, like she snuck into my house and did, you know, but it was, I was playing myself sort of fictionally within this, this world. And so Megan was there and she was working. And, um, I remember one of the other actors on the show was like, you know, Hey, she's off limits. She's really young. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, well said, I totally understand what you're saying. So yeah. we never worked together. Everything that, most of the stuff that I shot, we shot on uh, on tape night, and then everything else was pre-taped. Mm -hmm. So the the one or two scenes that Megan was in were pre-taped. So I I never saw she wasn't in any of the stuff with me. I I didn't work with her at all. Oh okay. And so she came on tape night of the show with her older sister and her older sister's husband. Um, because her sister was a fan of the show and it was like, hey, you know, come meet him. He's a, whatever, he's a nice guy. So so they all came to the show and that's when we, like the first time we really talked and connected and then it just sort of, it moved from there. It wasn't something that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really, it, it's, it wasn't, it's been reported like, oh, you know, Megan chased him and, and, you know, he wasn't up. And that's not really that the, the, there's much more to the story than it It's not that simple. Okay. Um, Megan was just persistent. Like she was really, and I was really, I'd really set in my mind, like this is, she's too young. And I, I newly have a kid and I just got out of something and I'm not really ready for a relationship and, you know, ready to humor something like this. And then, but then all of a sudden it got to a point where it was like, I, I, I didn't want her to find somebody else and do, so then I had to question, you know, how, how invested emotionally am I in this situation already? And if I am, and I don't want it to go anywhere, then that's, then that should be some sort of a, a, a 
flag for me. Like there's, there, you know, there's got to be some sort of movement. And so then that's, so it naturally progressed from there. Oh, okay. I'll, well, I'm glad I got it from the horse's mouth because, you know, you read different things online and, you know. Yeah, no, they read online and I, I've, I've been told, you know, that, that some of the stuff written is like, oh, you know, he didn't want a relationship and she chased him, and, and, which <laughs> isn't the case. Like she, she was really persistent with me and then at one point she was like, okay, well, I, so I'm going to stop this. If you're not interested, and I'm going to go date, you know, other people. And I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> I didn't see anything about dating other people. He's like, hold and the phone. the reality of like, holy shit, like, so does that mean that I fucking care for this person? Because uh, I had no intention of it, but I don't want them finding somebody else. Like, I, you know, yeah. okay, shit, I guess I'm in this then. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, I was, and, and we had... We had a really long, um, fruitful relationship, marriage. I mean, we have three amazing kids. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on your personal stuff, but you know, you do have three amazing kids, and you know, when you're in a long-term relationship, you know, there's so many things. Like I've come out of the long term. There's so many things you got to deal with, and you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, the compromise, the the, the resolutions, the the forgiveness. Yeah. There's a lot of things you got to deal with, and. It's, you know, coming out of, like, relationships is easy, it's hard, it's everything at the same time, but then it's almost like, when you're out of it, it's like, okay, like, you find yourself in a way, but then it's like, you're kind of lost at the same time, because it's almost right. like, and, and it's, I'm not, a, it's a new norm, it's a new normal. Yeah, like, it, I'm, it's exactly like, for people with this pandemic and everything closing, it's like, okay, what is the new normal gonna be? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the grieving process of like, okay, what was normal before, yeah. won't ever be normal again yeah it's gonna be a new normal for everything for traveling for restaurants for mm -hmm. like everything's gonna fucking change yeah sporting events all of that so yeah. it's the unknown it's like how is it gonna change and what because i really liked it this way before mm -hmm. and, but that but that way is done and yeah. so it's sort of that's the same thing with the with a relationship it's like you um you know, you, you go through that phase of like it's it's grieving but it's not grieving it's not grieving like the loss of, it's not like when somebody passes away and you grieve because you'll never be able to see them again mm -hmm. it's the grieving it's you you grieve half the time and then the other half of the time you're sort of like you're in it and you're excited about the possibilities and you don't know when those days are coming you, yeah. you wake up one day and it's just it's heavy on you and you're just feeling like defeated and you're like i don't know like this is a big fucking step i know i have to take this but this is i'm really scared to do it right now and it's, and it's on your mind all day and then you wake up the next morning and you feel great and you have no idea when those days are coming and those are the highs and the lows of, of all of it but it, you know i i know people have reported like that i'm heartbroken over it and that it's that i'm having a, a hard time with it and it's i'm not having a hard time with it but i'd be I would, it would be insane to me to, for someone to not be heartbroken mm -hmm. when they've been in a relationship for 15 years and have three kids and yeah. then that moves on. How is that not, how is that not ever fucking heartbreaking? That doesn't, it's not debilitating, yeah. but it's heartbreaking because, uh, you know, we, we had a, a, we had talked about a certain, like I had a certain idea in my head of family and, and mm -hmm. life and 
and those expectations that you set and when those when that's not your reality anymore yeah that's it's it sucks it's not fucking great you're not like yippee this is uh you know i hey i'm you know living life again it's like it's the adjustment of like holy shit what what do i do now yeah and it's not just you know how is this gonna affect my time with the kids how's it gonna affect the kids how is it gonna affect Megan and I and like you know the way we co-parent and the way we're friendly with each other and the way like how and who knows mm-hmm. we, we could decide you know next week hey let's be best friends and talk every day and do that until she meets somebody that she's really fucking attached to and fond of and things progress and then naturally we can't talk on the phone every fucking day anymore yeah. like that just changes and mm-hmm. understandably yeah. And it's not, it's not that anybody did anything wrong, but it's just the way, it's the way shit is. I mean, yeah. you've got to, you've got to be realistic mm-hmm. and, and it's not realistic to be like, Hey, we're forever going to fucking, cause I don't I don't know what forever means anymore. Yeah. I, I know what right now means. And that's sort of where I'm making the choices from, mm-hmm. from right now, hoping for future, but not, but Nothing is nothing is forever. Nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, that is that is so true because like I find that you know even speaking about that, I find that in my life like you know, you know you expect oh everybody else is going through this, I'm not going through this, you know, and it's like when you've been with somebody for so long and you share bank accounts, you share phones, you share bills, you sell the same cups, showers or whatnot, and it's just like not to have it no more is still like a it's a bitter pill to swallow, and knowing that. Yeah. Either they're going to do that same things you did with someone else or they're not. They're probably not. Or they're going to do it with random different people. And you're like, holy shit. Right. You know, like it, it's it's I, it's a there, shock. There are times where yeah. I'm laying in bed, like looking at the ceiling at night thinking, wow, this is like I'm I'm laying in bed by myself, like in my own fucking house. Like this is this is my life now. And that's that is that bitter pill to swallow of like, OK, this isn't. I didn't see this coming, yeah. but here it is. So, you know, okay, I guess I, I've got to fucking deal with it. I, I don't, you can choose to fucking mourn something and be bitter about something and, and fight about it and do, but it doesn't change anything. Yeah. The, the situation is what it is. The, the only difference is how I react in it, like how, how I live through it. That's the only thing that I have control over because the actual situation is, is what it is. And it doesn't matter whether I fucking kick or scream or I pray or I do whatever. The situation isn't changing. Yeah. It will change. It will change however it's supposed to change when it's supposed to change. And I, I just have to be in the moment for all of it. I have to, I have to be, the best person I can be. So when whatever moment comes up, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm not, you know, I'm not completely thrown off guard, but even there, I could be completely thrown off guard. It's all you can do is the best you can do. Yeah. In the situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely, but, you know, separation sucks, man. It's fucking hard. Yeah. It's not easy. I'm not, I, I had no intention at 40, almost 47 years old of being fucking single yeah. with three kids. That wasn't with four kids yeah. like that, that, that was not on my, 
on my fucking Denny's kids menu of like, you know, w- when it asked your, your goals. And I was like, one of my goals in life is to be single at 47 with four kids. That wasn't, uh, wasn't my intention, but it is what it is. I don't have a fucking choice. Yeah. So the only choice now that I have is like how, how I deal with it all. Yeah. And, um, how you, you've been okay though. You've been dealing okay. You've been good. You know, yeah. every day by day. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been feeling really good. Like I've I've been, it's uh, I've been just working a lot and like trying not to just busy myself for the for the point of not feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to do all of it. Like I don't, you know, I I've been really trying to feel all of it and experience all of it, but not let it hold me back from life. I can't I can't let it hold me back from life. I've I have three young kids that stay with me half the time and you know I've got to be I have to be there for them I can't be in my fucking room you know curled up in a ball showering all day like that's not that's not a fucking option that's my my only option is to deal with it in the most responsible way that I can and and as fully as I can and get through it and I you know I don't want I don't want this to be a situation that that I have a feeling about or haunts me for ten years. I, like I don't have I don't have the time. I need to like get in, really fucking feel it all, um, and get through it all. I have to. Yeah. I have to for my kids. I don't I don't have I I, I don't have the luxury of like doing it on whatever time you know in whatever time frame I want to do it. I, I have to do it responsibly for them yeah have you went to therapy because of it or no or something you don't need right i now? went to therapy before it oh, before, okay. i'm not i'm not i know the generation before me and my parents it was like oh you're going to therapy what's wrong yeah. like, well i don't i don't feel like yep. you you only go to therapy when something's wrong i my view is a therapist is kind of like a teacher in school like i didn't i didn't learn math and science until a teacher taught me those so a therapist is teaching me communication skills and emotional skills and things that I didn't necessarily learn at home so that's so a therapist is just is another teacher for something else it's not it's not necessarily a place that I have to go to if I'm feeling like something's wrong and then when I feel great it's like okay I'll see you know I'll see you in a couple months when I'm feeling shitty again it's like no (laughs) let me go week and do it because I learn every single week I really do and and it's been super helpful through this process because it was something that I was already doing yeah so it was it wasn't like I'm going to therapy now to deal with something new and I don't even know how this therapy works so I have to learn what I'm fucking doing while I'm in the middle of something it was like you know it was I had a little bit of a head start that way. It was like I, I could go in and go, "Yeah, this this sucks." Like, how yeah. how would you suggest that I deal with it? And they weren't new concepts or ideas. It was just somebody on the outside going, "You know, you might want to try doing this. You might want to try doing that." And and uh, I love it. I, I I love therapy. I, I think I, I think that it does nothing but good for everyone to give it a shot. Yeah, it totally I does. Don't, I don't hold hold 
hold it against people as they go. Yeah, totally does. It's really good. I recommend it myself too, and I got it myself as well. And you know, it's you know, you have no, there's no pre- preconceived notion. You're not judged. Someone's just hearing you, and yeah, they'll give you some pointers or whatever. Say, well, what what did you think about this, or what? How did you well, feel yeah, about it? Yeah, it's this really, you know? it's this really great place where it's like you're, you're. It's totally confidential. Whatever you're talking, whatever you talk, it's like. It's like attorney-client privilege. Like, you can't... Yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. can ever fucking leak out. You can say whatever the fuck you want in therapy, and unless you killed somebody and they have to report it, they're not going to fucking say anything. Yeah. So you get to really, you know, I was feeling this way, or I did this, or what do you think of this? And they're not judging you for it. They're, you know, a good therapist is going, yeah, I would have maybe said, said it more like this, or I would have maybe done this, and... Let's give it a try. You know, they 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 take you through these like practice things and and these they, these role playing scenarios and it's it's really fucking interesting for me. You have nothing to lose and it's it's literally only game for me. Therapy. Oh, awesome, awesome, Brian. I also want to talk to you about your. Um, we were talking about a little bit about how you was influenced by the '80s and hip hop and whatnot. Um, yeah. With with your album One Stop Carnival, um, what was your influences in doing that, and how did you came about doing your own album? Yeah, <laughs> you laugh. Um, you're like, story. yeah, it's a crazy story though. All right. So, so I was. I, I that was I grew up during that time period. So literally, that was I was probably the most passionate about that. I grew up in music. My dad's a drummer. So I've just always been about drums and beats and all of that. And so that that was just kind of a natural progression for me. So I had, at the point when I was doing 90210 and I had some money, I started buying equipment for, for at home. Oh, okay. Buying like different different keyboards and stuff like that. I had, I had a deal at one point with Yamaha. So I would do, I would do like, posters and stuff for them and then in return they would send me literally everything they were fucking making and that was at the point that was before pro tools and computers where i had i had like 15 keyboards in my fucking room like i had all of those racks and you walked in it looked like a music store there were just keyboards everywhere they were but they were all yamahas so um so i used to fuck around with music just for fun i i really loved producing um I sort of rapped, but it was it was one of those things like uh, you know it's I finished a beat, I have all these other friends that sing and do this stuff like let's fin- let's make this a song so it's finished <laughs> so we can do something else. Yeah. So uh, a good friend of mine, this guy uh, Ralph Churchwell, he he was a keyboard player, um, piano player, and he he was sending a tape of music to. Babyface, because Babyface was doing a new label. He was, he already had LaFace, mm-hmm. and then he was going to start this new, this new label, but because he had LaFace, it was a label that his wife was going to run instead. He was still going to run it, but from the shadows. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't his new label. It was his wife's label. That's the way it was advertised, and it was pushed, and that's, but it was all influenced by him, obviously. Yeah. So my buddy sends this cassette over to uh, to the offices for, for Kenny to hear, for Babyface to hear. And on this cassette are like two, two of the 15 or 20 songs that I had done just because he wanted to hear them. Like it wasn't, he, he wasn't pretending they were his or whatever. And, 
And so, uh, according to him, Babyface or his people got back to him. And they were like, hey, so we really like this song. And he was like, yeah, I didn't do that song. That's a friend of mine. And then they were like, well, we really like this song. And he was like, yeah, I didn't do that song either. That's another friend of mine. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm sitting down having dinner with Babyface, his wife, Tracy, at a restaurant. And I'm sitting, and at that point, Babyface was like king of the world. He yeah. was fucking producing shit for everybody. Yeah. So I couldn't believe that I was sitting in a restaurant with them having dinner. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. So... So then we, we go out into the parking lot afterwards and we're going to go home. And so they, they, you know, he wants me to sing or rap in the parking lot, whatever to some, so I put on a beat in the car and did that. And, uh, and they were like, Hey, do you want to make an album? Like, okay. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm 20, but sure. Let's do it. it. So it wasn't my intention. I didn't, it, it was honestly something that I stumbled upon doing because I loved hip hop and was already doing it. It wasn't like something I started because I got a record deal. I got a record deal because I was already doing it. So I ended up being, I think, the first artist that was signed to Yab Yum Records, this this label that they had under Sony 550. Yeah. It was myself, it was John B., um, there, there were there were a few a few other people, but it was like this really small uh, small list of, of artists that they had that was growing, and uh, and so at that point it was like, well, you know, who do you want to work with? And I, it was I was trying to think of all the people that were really fucking influencing me at the time, mm-hmm. and and the far side was huge yeah. at that point. So that was a name that I dropped. And they went out and, and started talking to people, and all of a sudden, I'm, I, I'm in the studio working on a beat that John B. had produced. I was recording. And Trey, Slim Kid Trey from the Far Side, and L.A.J., who did that song, Other Fish, they, mm-hmm. were, they were a production team. And so Trey's in the studio with me. And, we're, and that was a point where in hip-hop, you didn't, you, you sort of, you did the same eight bars and you just looped them and then you did mute drops like you would, you know, drop out drums or snares or this part or that part. You would separate everything so you could, you know, mute different things and make it seem like it was more of a song than it was. Yeah. Um, and so we, he was doing that with me for like half an hour on a fucking song I was doing. And we just clicked. And so I started working with him and John, L.A.J., um, I, I produced like half the beats that are on that album. Oh. Uh, like I made the beats and, and, and then John and I would, uh, and, and Trey would sit in the studio and mix them and do all that shit. And uh, it, was, it was really fun. And it's something I look back on. It's like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to be an artist now because it's a pain in the ass, but I'm so fucking glad that I did. Like that was a really, that was a really fun time. And I, and I did it, I, I I had the best intentions behind it. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to capitalize off of 90210. I I was a hip hop lover, and so that's I, I released an album that was my experience on on that side of it. So it wasn't you know it was it was real fucking different from. I remember it wasn't well received. Like I remember 
doing press for it and they would send out white labels of it to um to different magazines and and guys that were going to review it and whatever and so they would send with no name or anything on it just hey listen to this and then they would and then i went to the sony offices in new york to meet with press people and and talk to them and do interviews and whatever and so I was in a conference room at the Sony, in, in the Sony building, and they, they still had no idea who it was that was, that was rapping on the album, oh. or you know, who, who I was at all. And people would walk in, I remember one guy walked in and really specifically was like, oh, you got me. <laughs> I was like, I don't, what does that fucking mean? What do you mean? I, that wasn't my intention was to get anybody. Like I, you know, I, we sent this out fucking white label so people would listen to it and not prejudge it. Yeah. Like that was the whole, so, and then as soon as they knew it was me, then that was like, that was the review. Oh, Was, shit. oh, the white guy from 90210 who's doing this and that. And like, that was during a time when in, you know, hip hop was a very, it was a very tight community and there weren't, there, there weren't really any white artists doing it. And, and it was, understandably it was there it was it was up until that point really fucking owned and operated and done by the black community like that was that that was that's just the way it was Mm -hmm. so i understood it but it was really frustrating for me at the same time because it's like i stopped judging it as the guy from 90210 because that doesn't this album is going to far fucking outlast that show so Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think of the album? And now, now I know people are like, oh, it was really underrated. And like, I'm getting better reviews on it now. And it's like, well, thanks, but it's a little fucking late. Like, I'm not, I'm not recording anymore. So I'm not, you know, thanks, I guess. Um, but it, it, it's funny. It took, it took a generation of people to forget about 90210 just yeah. to really listen to it. Yeah. And then. It's a really, I think it's a really fun album. I think like for hip hop heads, yeah, they listen to it and they go, you know what? This is the type of shit that was happening in the nineties. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what this fucking album is. I don't. This album is no bullshit. It's not fucking pop. It's not like I remember when I finished it and Sony and Sony and Yabium were like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? It's all hip hop. I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course it is. And they were like, well, but Joey Lawrence was singing about you know and all that shit. Like, oh how, how the fuck God, are we going to market this? Right. I was like, I don't know. That's right, Joey Lords. That's right. Nothing my love can fix for you, baby. I remember yeah. that. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. Oh. So that's what people were expecting me to do. Yeah. And and that just wasn't, that wasn't what I was listening to and what I was influenced by and what what I related to. I, I couldn't have done a song like that if if I tried. Like, that just wasn't yeah, that, that was, wasn't your. That wasn't, my, yeah, that wasn't your flow. Makeup. Yep, that wasn't your flow. That wasn't your style at all. Yeah. Oh man, no, but it, it's 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 crazy because it's like you got like opportunities that people would dream something that you love. You love hip hop. You got to do your own album. You know, at that time, at at your twenties, like, yeah, hey, I'm doing it in my own album. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have all these. You know, you have Babyface, freaking Babyface, been doing your thing. You know, it's amazing. That, that's why he ended up doing, he did an episode of 90210. Oh. And he did it. He did it because I was working with him and I was like, hey, do you want to come do an episode? 
And he was like, sure. And I played his keyboard player up on stage or whatever. <laughs> yeah. we, had, we didn't we didn't meet there. We we were already I was already in the studio on recording. Like I was I was hanging out with him and his wife and his wife's brother at the they had a house in Lake Tahoe. Like we'd go there and like we I was I was at at his house, at their house and like I was I was involved in all that shit. So at the point when he did the show it, it wasn't something new. It wasn't like, you know, oh my God, Babyface is here. It wasn't like he, somebody reached out to him and he just fucking signed on to do it. It was, we were already working, so it seemed natural. Oh man, that's, that's, it's, it's crazy. And also like from, you know, your personal life, um, your character of David Silver was basically your life experience of him liking rap was influenced instead of character, right? Or Vice versa. Yeah, so what, what happened is, you know, when you do a show for 10 years, especially one like that one, that was so character-driven and it was so, like, immediately relevant, mm-hmm. then, then you know, we would, we would have rap parties and stuff like that, and I would be dancing at them, or I would be oh. acting a fool because I was a fucking kid and I was, I was a fool. Yeah. And, the, and the writers would go, oh, shit, he can dance, that's awesome, well, let's write that in. Oh, and then, oh, he's okay. also, so let's write that in. So all of a sudden, that's David Silver progressed more into the music because that's what I was doing. So that was that was one of the hardest things for me was I grew up in music and all of that. And so for it to cross over on as big of a platform as the show was, um, it, it really started it really start it started blurring the lines between myself and the character and and so i was much more critical of myself and much more insecure because what i was doing as an artist at home was now being put on this show and it wasn't it you do it but it's not necessarily the way you would do it you know there are scripts that are written by people and and you've got you have to do scenes, and you have to. You're you're writing songs, or picking things for a character to do, and it's so. It, it was hard for fans to separate, and it started becoming hard for me to separate and and still feel confident about. So it took it took some time when that was for for that to all be done and sort of blow over that that like sort of hurricane feel that it had. Yeah. For me to get back in touch with like being confident with who I am. Yeah. It's not, and, and realizing it wasn't about the character and it wasn't like those things were still separate. It was just the character for 10 years that I played, but it's not, it wasn't who I was as, as a person. Yeah, that was in like the early seasons. I remember because then they had like guests. They had like Color Me Bad, Jeremy Jordan. Like there was a lot of like um, artists covering like the like that gets the closing credits for like um, nine oh two one oh at that time, right? Was it like yeah. the second or third season? I I believe. I'm not really. Yeah, yeah. We had we Color Me Bad was actually on the show. Yeah, that's right. We that's had right. The entire episode. episode about like sneaking around the hotel they were at, <laughs> yep. trying to meet them. Oh. And, like, I, I became really good friends with those guys, and I, just at my, at my live podcast last year, they performed. Oh, that opened up the whole thing. It oh, that's right, awesome. for, for the, um, the 90210 revival, right? Was you, that's, was that, uh... Well, no, that, so that was totally fucking random. That was, oh. I remember I was on set, and 
they did playback, and I was like, holy shit, that's a fucking Color Me Bad song. Like, nobody, oh. nobody even put that together. But, no, I, so I do a live podcast. Um, I've done it twice so far, annually. Yeah. And all the proceeds go to charity, but last year we did it, we did the podcast um, in the gymnasium at uh, Torrance High School. Yeah. Which is, which is where we shot and the school we used as West Beverly. Okay. And, and I had a bunch of actors from 90210 up on stage. So it became this cool, like, 90s thing. So I actually had Color Me Bad open the whole thing and perform on stage. Oh, shit. And then, like, I want to sex you up. They did all, wow. all the fucking class. I adore me more. They yeah. did all that shit. Dancing. It was, it was really awesome. So, you know, we had most of the crowd was, they were lovers of 90210, obviously, but... They loved Color Me Bad because Color Me Bad was, that episode was a really big fucking deal for us. And wow. It was a really big deal for them. I had no idea. Wow, that's freaking yeah. amazing, man. See how, like, yeah. everything is old, is relatively, you know, relatively new again, you know? Like how everything ha- turns out, you know, yeah, with Color Me Bad, you know? Um, like that, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the way it fucking works. Eventually, like, generations look back at previous generations and and pick the things that they liked and then they they retool them a little bit and they make they make them current again yeah that's sort of that's the progression of it all you know it's everyone it's rare that people just literally think ahead mm-hmm. and don't look back at all some people do some artists do yeah. but not not a lot of them yeah a lot of them you know look for little things from the past and bring them into the future but in a different way yeah um have you recorded new episodes on you you did some new episodes for your podcast right the brian austin green yeah. podcast yeah yeah um any any topics you cover lately that you can like talk about or anything that's relatively new or um the last episode we talked a lot about we we talked a lot about social injustice and politics and all that. Oh, okay like kind of kind of the same thing that we open with yeah okay I think we got we got really in depth with it because you and I don't know each other the same way that I I know my podcast partners. So yeah, it's a different. It, it's good, like you, you know, you you open up different attitudes and sort of thought streams. And since I don't prepare anything, yeah, it it works well for me because it just it's kind of like there's these little light bulb ideas and that you bring up, and then I go, oh shit, yeah, here's here's how I feel about that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the last the last one that we did was about that. But otherwise, I just got in all of these hats that uh, that we're selling on the site. These smag hats. Yeah. Uh, Someone make America great hats. Yeah. Um, and uh, all all again, all the proceeds are going to uh, the ACLU, and um, it's just I, I feel like it's time. I think it's I I feel like it's time for people that. They can to help make a change and, and raise awareness and yeah. do that. And uh, so that's that's sort of been what my last couple of podcasts are about, and what talking to you now is. Yeah. About. All right. Um. Does someone make a um, America Great hat? Um. Where can someone purchase it? Um. Where could they go to to purchase your hat? So there's actually there's a store that that w- that we set up on my podcast site. So if you go to shop dot uh with bag pod dot com yeah you can, you can go there and uh 
you can place your order. And then uh, the, fir- the first group of hats I'm signing. So uh, so people that buy the first group, I'll sign it so it's not fucking gaudy. It's not like, hey, right on the front of the hat or on the brim, because nobody's <laughs> going to wear that shit. I, like, I want people to wear They're really fucking cool hats. That They're these Nike, um, Nike dry fit fucking hats they're really cool like they're they're really comfortable and nice but um so i want people to wear them and the idea is that you wear it and people that don't know go what the fuck does spag mean and then you talk about it and it and it creates hopefully more conversation yeah hopefully it creates peaceful conversations instead of like getting to a tirade you know like you already had on 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 instagram already (laughs) you know what that's a that's a bad um it's a bad cycle that, that, yeah. that people have gotten into. It's a bad habit of like, oh, well, if we don't feel the same way or think the same way, then I'm going to attack you. And then I'm going to say, I don't want to fucking talk about it anymore and go away. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's what kind of what kind of change do you expect when you when you literally in two seconds shut down somebody else's opinion and. And you say mean and hateful things like that's not that's what separate like that's we're fucking adults. That's what separates us from kids yeah. is that adults don't do that. Adults go, hmm, that's interesting. Like I, that's not my view at all. So why is that your view? Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't really talk about things anymore, and a lot of people just want to yell and get their opinions across. And you know, you hear me. I don't care what you think, but hear what I say because what I say is makes sense and is factual without having right. you know have, without having any knowledge of the situation or whatnot. You know, it just yeah. You know. I think I think too many people these days speak opinions like they're facts. Yeah, and they're not, and that's that's a real important. Um, thing to like figure out for yourself is the difference between opinion and fact because I think people have lost sight of that they feel like well my opinion is the right one so everyone's got to think that and if you don't feel that way then you're fucking stupid you're blind you're in you're in a bubble you're you know you're lost you've you're being told things by the right wing media or the left wing media or that and it's like that's not their opinions so tell you know tell me what you've seen on fox news that makes you think a certain way and let's talk about it yeah. and then you know i'll i'll state little facts that i've learned or things or opinions that i have and let's like have let's have a grown-up fucking conversation about life about about everything because yeah. why not we're only here we're only here once yeah, that's so true. Why not, you know, why not fucking do it? You, you don't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm, that's true. And we all we all have one life to live, you know? We all have one life to live, and um, the life we need to live is a life that... It's, it's you know... Uh, the the life we need to live is the life we wish our kids would live and live a peaceful life and not see all this stuff because you know my I have a um eight um eight year old daughter and I'm like this world is fucking nuts it's like I just want to shelter her from everything and like everything is just so chaotic nowadays and like the mask and and don't yeah, touch you, this you know it's just you nuts. can't though you can't yeah. shelter her yeah I know because yeah. that's that's doing her a disservice like, yeah the reality is this is the world yeah. This is the world that we're living in right now. So, yeah. honestly, I kind of feel like they should see and know all of it. Yeah. 
because that's that you know that's the stuff that shapes people and shapes young minds and does that my i feel like my job as a parent is to to parent to oversee and to and to state opinions and things that i think but listen to their opinions as well and um and love them no matter what yeah like literally no matter what you can you can make a choice that's a fucking horrible choice mm. but i still love you it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that that was a horrible choice mm-hmm. but it but i still love you for it. i you know i still love you it's, i'm not like well that was a horrible choice so go fuck yourself that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not parenting yeah. to me yeah and and at the end of the day i again i feel like I, I I really want to say I feel like because it's it's important. This is again just my opinion. Is that the only thing we have control over is how we choose to deal with life. Yeah. We don't have control over life. Yeah. All sorts of shit just happens. Mm-hmm. And and it's thrust around. You could be an amazing person, step off a curb, and get hit by a bus. Yeah. That's you didn't choose that. The only thing you choose, you you chose, was to be the person that you were before the bus hit. So, you know how you deal with life and things. That's that's the only stuff you have control over. So, honestly, who do you want to be? Yeah. Who? What kind of person do you want to be in life? Not what kind of person are you? Because you know what, we've all learned bad habits and we've done shady shit and we've had we've reacted horribly to things and we've gone through that, you know, that's all no judgment on any of that. But from this day forward, like who, who do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? What side of history do you want to be remembered for? And, uh, you know, and the person that I want to be when that my kids look back on and my grandkids look back on is I was somebody that tried really hard to bring people together and to, and, and in really hard situations, try to choose the high road, whatever it was, because it was the most inspirational. Not just for me, it, it, was, it was a great emotional way for me to handle something, but it was, it was hopefully inspirational for other people that were going through similar things. Yeah. And, but that's the only, that's, I feel like that's the only choice that I have. Uh, you know, when people are like, Oh, you've taken the high road or whatever. It's not, it's not my first choice and shit. <laughs> who, who I am naturally, like I want to, I want fucking scorched earth. Like I want to, I want to break down walls. I want to be like the Hulk. <laughs> and yeah, but that's my, that's my first, that's my normal reaction. But then I have to ask myself, okay, who do I really want to be in this situation? Not, I don't want to be the person that just does whatever they feel and think. So what, you know, here's, here's my choice. Who do I want to be? How do I want to handle this situation? What is, what is best for other people? What is best for my kids? What is best for my fucking life? And and then those are the choices. That's how I choose to handle things. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not easy. It, but yeah, but I think that the repetition of it becomes if you if you continually stop for a second and consider everything and you don't you don't react to things so gutturally you you know you you t- 
take that second to be a little more mature and go, okay, how do, how do I really want to be? I, I think that's, um, I think that's a great first step. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because um, that because that starts changing the trajectory of everything. Yeah, I was going to text you um after all of your kids, Noah, Bodie, and Journey and River. Um, which child is more like you? There's a little it's bit of say, like okay yeah Bodie Bodie is a lot like me as far as being really sort of fearless and like an X game kind of guy because I was the same way as a kid yeah like I my parents bought me for Christmas a unicycle one year because they were like he needs some shit to do and try that's really hard mm-hmm. and I figured out how to ride it and like <laughs> that was my that that and and Bodie is the same way okay but then Cassius is really passionate about acting and all of that much like i was so there's there's that connection just with passion and mm-hmm. uh, and and connecting with people and socializing and all of that so it's there there are parts of me in all of them oh, um, okay and i you know i figure those things out daily yeah. so that's 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 an impossible question to ask because they're all mm-hmm. completely different but all of them have little parts. Of yeah, me. and all, like each one has a little quirk of you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just from watching, it becomes like, oh, that's how you know they if they see me in in group situations, they go, oh, that's how you act when you're in a group situation. <laughs> and so, so that becomes you know you lead by example. Yeah, I know that's true because I have two daughters and my oldest daughter is like me in the aspect where it's, it's funny because she has a boyfriend now and her boyfriend is totally similar to me and liking weird things and 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 liking um star wars and whatnot so it's like you know how they say if you have a daughter your daughter's gonna end up meeting somebody who's similar to her father so it's like she met a guy who's like similar to me and then right my youngest daughter, hopefully. she's, yeah, I know, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. My youngest yeah. daughter is too sassy, so it's like, I, I can't figure her out yet. She's still young, but I just can't. It's like she has, she has my temper in a way. I have like a bad temper. She has like my temper when she gets upset, but it's like, I'm still trying to figure her out. It's like, I just can't read her just yet. She's just like, right. a mis- she's still a mystery box to me. I'm still un- unveiling it little by little. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not, you know, and maybe, maybe you won't for a while. I mean, maybe, Maybe it'll be one little thing she does where it all clicks, and you go, "Oh, I got it." But that's that—that that is our challenge, I think, as parents. Is like, okay, the, you know, all my kids are completely fucking different people. So, how do I deal with each of them yeah. in similar situations? Okay, you're having a temper tantrum. You're having a temper tantrum. You're having one, but they're all completely different, and the way that I handle you all is completely different. Yeah. So. That sort of is the, uh, that's the, the journey of, of parenting, is like figuring out who they are and, and what serves the situation the best. Yeah. What, what inspires them to, to change or to live or to grow or to not, not by just, you know, demanding, hey, this is how I think, so you should think the same way. This is the right way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a parent that way. I don't want. I don't want to be a dictator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you just. Yeah, you don't want to order like do this because I've spoken and whatnot. You know, do do right. this because I yeah. say so. Yeah. 
yeah, you know what? And there's there's enough there's enough of that shit in in their life. I mean, they're you know, my job is, hey, hold my hand if we're gonna walk across a parking lot. Mm-hmm. If, if there's there's enough of that shit where I am gonna tell you things that you have to do. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not asking you to do something. I'm telling you you have to hold my hand right now, or I'm telling you that it's bedtime, or I'm telling you that we need to take a bath. Mm-hmm. I, I like those are you know those are things that are that they're not questions they're not I'm not giving you like multiple choice options so then the things that aren't so important that you can kind of leave up to them then you try mm-hmm. so it, so it does they don't feel so fucking controlled all the time they feel they start differentiating between like oh, okay this is just something that I have to do like this is dad just being a dad and caring about me and not being controlling because he, you know, she let me choose between these three things yesterday. But so it's, it becomes that balance. I don't, I don't feel like I, it, it would be amazing if, and, and is amazing to have my kids be like me and be my friend, but that's not my job. My job isn't to be their friend. My my job is to be their dad because I'm the only one that they'll ever have. Mm-hmm. So, my you know my job is to love them unconditionally and support them unconditionally and 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 be there for them. Guaranteed, they're they're gonna have a shitload of friends through life. Yeah. And different friends bring different positives and negatives, and that's all part of the learning and growing experience of, of life. And, you know, and if, if I have some of that with, with my kids, great, because I want to, I, I love them and I love hanging out with them and I want them to love hanging out with me and, and all that. But if they, if friends are a totally different avenue than what they look at me as, then that's, then that's just what it is. That's, you know, my, my job description is a parent. Mm-hmm. Right. I have kids. I'm I'm their parent, and so parenting, I think there's a, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that, and you have to step outside of yourself and be a little more selfless, and you need to pay attention to what what is the best for the situation. Yeah, Brian, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, so don't get mad at me if I if, if I tell you this, okay? All right, all right, Brian, BG, you know what I want yeah. you to do right now? Throw me a freestyle out there. No. <laughs> what? After that whole setup? After that whole setup, you said no? Oh man. Yeah, no. I, dude, and you put me on the spot, but I don't, I don't, I don't deal well with, uh, with pressure. Oh, God. <laughs> so with peer pressure, especially. So, uh, oh, yeah, no. I'm crushed. That's, I don't, I, I don't, uh, no. That's I that that ship of like. <laughs> Rapping and doing all that, that fucking sailed, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, you could have just said, um, I'm going to the supermarket. I got the, I got the a gallon of milk right now. Um, damn, I can't even fucking rhyme. It doesn't even make sense. Right, exactly. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My point, exactly. Oh, thank you. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> thank you for, thank you for giving an example. <laughs> you know, freestyling, like, Oh God! It's an art. Like if yeah, it is. It's an art you form. Yeah. Do it all the time, and you don't fucking practice it. Yeah. And you're not, and you're not like actively fucking doing it. It's yeah. it's a skill that goes away. It's yeah. it's you know. But, it's a certain quickness of the mind and all of that, and it's not. 
I haven't freestyled in 20 plus years. Oh, but you know what I'm so, saying? Like people say it's like a muscle memory. You know, like when you ride it, like if you haven't ridden a bike in a long time, when you get on yeah. it, you're just going at it. Is this sort of like similar to that, don't you think? No. No. <laughs> no. I'm just making I don't, an excuse. I don't, think, I don't think it's like riding a bike. I don't, think, I don't think that it's like once you've got it, you can just do it for yeah. Because if that was the case, when my dad or my older brother stood on a skateboard and he used to skateboard, and now it's like, holy shit, get off the fucking skateboard, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. If muscle memory had something to do with that, he'd be able to get on a skateboard and yeah. just be exactly where he was. But. He's got to. He's got to skate again. He's got to like yeah. you know, put himself out there and like put on pads and be willing to fall and yeah. fucking learn again because that's what he did when yeah. he was younger. Yeah, and, and that's that's how I feel about being an MC. Like it's not. It's yeah. it's a lifestyle choice. It's not. It, it's not just something that you do. Like you have to practice it and be really fucking good at it. And you know, like Eminem does it all the time. Yeah. Like, that's what he comes from. That's what he sits around and does. And so that's why he's as good at it as he is. Yeah. Because he he takes the craft of it really fucking seriously. And, and he's passionate about it. And he loves it. Yeah. Man, um, I, yeah. Damn, I thought I was going to put you on the spot. Sorry. <laughs> nah, it's all right. It's all right. You see how you see... Burst your Hollywood bubble. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of something so I can prove you wrong. Let me see. Look, criminal winded. You've been blinded. I got something for you. You got to find it. The ladies can't sleep crying all night long. The little baby's going hungry because the money is gone. And then I, I just can't. You didn't freestyle that. That was written. <laughs> no, but I, I mean... Come on. No. <laughs> fucking dummy. You freestyle that right now. No, but I'm I saying no, no. Like you didn't you didn't search for fucking words at all. You no. just literally remembered something you wrote. Yes. Yeah, no, yes, I remember. <laughs> I could do that. Okay. But I don't want to. You you have to freestyle. Oh, so that's man. I'm gonna, if, so that's what I say no to. <laughs> oh, you know, if somebody if you were like, "Hey, why don't you kick a fucking verse from your old album. I could do that. Oh, really? I'm not going to now. Oh, oh. I'm not going to now because I created that idea. Yeah, my, I, just, I put that idea out there, so I'm mixing it. I just I'm ruined just it now. See, I, I yeah. just ruined it now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Live and learn, man. Live and learn. Yeah, my Next bad. Next time you're on with somebody <laughs> that, that used to be an MC, you'll, you'll phrase yep. that differently. Yep. You'll yep. challenge them differently. Yep. You're right. You're right. That's on me. That's on me. I just married myself right now. I'm thinking I'm taking this. I'm gonna edit this whole part all out. No, I'm just kidding. This is gonna be all in it. <laughs> you got me good, man. You got me good. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Brian. Um. Um. I'm winding now. Winding down. Um. You. Um. What. When is your next uh podcast gonna be uploaded? And any upcoming things now? Since everything is sorta getting back to normal. We uh, we just uploaded one, I think yesterday. Oh, okay. We did. Yeah, so we're we're sort of current. I mean, we're we're trying to be as um, we're trying to do them and, and record them in as, in some sort of way. We used to before we would go for like months without recording, and we had no consistency. And so now we're trying to be much more consistent in. In, in doing them uh, because people seem to like them. I, I still don't know why, but uh, yeah. people seem to like them, so we just keep recording them. We've been doing them for over three years now, which is fucking insane to me. Um, right 
now, honestly, the most current thing that I have going on are these are these hats. Like that, and 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 it's not. Again, it's not because I want to make a fucking profit off of them. I want to, I want to hopefully help with a movement that I think we're, we're in right now. And this is, and speaking and then doing this, they're they're part of what of, of my part. But I'm the way I'm choosing to handle it. So uh, go 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 to the site. Go to uh, shop and and check them out and. Um, and uh, just be good to people. Just just listen to people and be accepting of people and not judgmental. And uh, you just might learn something. Oh, man. Brian, man, this was an experience, man. I just caught myself at the end. But, dude, man, this was awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Hopefully it was a positive experience. <laughs> no, it was. It was. It was. It was. Right. It totally was. I, I, I will definitely get you back, though. I swear to God. It's got to be a part All three. Right. And I will get you back, okay. man. I promise okay. you that. <laughs> All right. All right. We got a deal? <laughs> right on. Ladies and, deal. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Austin Green. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Nah, not a problem, man. It's always a pleasure, man. And um, hopefully the the, um, the third time will be the charm. And <laughs> and I hope everybody Thanks, out there <laughs> I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. Thank you.